Light beer, dark money. Agree on something. Politics, culture, and the intersection of faith, freedom, and free enterprise. And now, live from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, here are your hosts, Light Beer, Chris Clements, and Dark Money, Sean Noble. We are Light Beer, Dark Money. That is Sean Noble. I am Chris Clements. So it is Monday morning, Monday after the election. And we thought we were the prognosticators, but like everyone else in America, we did not know. We were wrong. We were speaking of about two weeks ago. So the uh, last episode, I, you know, that was the day after the election. I said early ballots that came in and were counted. Everything was going to start going Lake's way, Blake's way, the Republican way. Um, yeah, not so much. Lake is no. down even more now than she was when we were talking on Wednesday. Yep. And she is not going to win. No, she's not going to win. Katie Hobbs is going to be the next governor. There yeah. is, uh, and it looks like David Schweikert is going to go down too. Nope. No, you don't he won think last so? night. You think he did? Yeah, he won. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see that. Was that called? Yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. I didn't see that. I called it. I you, called him. You, oh, you called him. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great because he has work to do now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I well, don't know if we really be... want to talk about that, but he's been on the show. And he's a friend. And I love David, but he has work to do now. Well, he has a lot of work to do now because there's he, no way that race should have been that close. Well, let's let's back up a second. There's no way that any of these races no, should have been that ex- close. Exactly. Like we had a and, and the Wall Street Journal has a great lead editorial today on the the, the independent vote mm-hmm. and how it totally went the Democrats' way. Yeah, completely. Which is in, in, in a way during the midterms that it's, it hasn't gone before. Well, and it's, it was unpredictable. Yeah, so I would, I would, <clears> well, I, it, you know who it, it 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 actually was not completely unpredictable. The person who saw this. Uh, was Rich Tao at Engages. And we're going to have him back on. Absolutely. And we're going to have gonna uh, our good friend Simon. Simon, who was, Simon who was, was calling this the whole time. We're like, what are you talking yeah. about? And I, on Twitter, I said, right. I love your optimism. You're totally wrong. And, and, and I right. was totally wrong. Yeah. Um, You're right. So, we're wrong. We have to you know, eat crow on, on a lot of stuff. So we've, we've talked about where is Mark Kelly. And uh, he's headed back to the Senate. He won big. Uh, I wasn't even close. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's going to end up being, you know, fifty-one forty-six ish. Katie Hobbs, the lead is going to. Uh, her lead is going to narrow slightly. The if you look at where the ballots are left by precinct, which we can do now, uh, it favors Republicans heavily, but it's just not enough. Just not enough to pull it. Now, it could be that Carrie Lake picks up enough votes to go push it into an automatic recount. And how many votes is that? About 15,000. Yeah. She's down 26 right now, 26,000 votes. So that's it's possible. Just a, that's just amazing. Um, Abe is down 11,000 votes to Chris Mays. He is probably headed to recount. Um, and what about... Uh, Tom Horn, will, will, he's only down 592, so he's going he's gonna to take the lead and win. And then what about our good friend Juan Siscomani down in I think he's gonna District win. Six. I mean, there's still some Pima ballots to count, yeah. and so it could get a little closer. But the last drop of Pima, he actually picked up 
1,600 votes. So it's uh, it's good. Schweikert's See, up that's by why we that's, right that's why we work so well together. I can go hunting and have absolutely. <laughs> that's why I'm dressed like this and have a USC hat on because it's rivalry week. But I went hunting. I had no internet. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm texting Sean like literally from a tent in the middle of the wilderness, saying, "What do you think? What do you know?" Because I can't pull anything up. You know, here with my half a bar. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think I mean. The Republicans will hold the House by the narrowest. Yeah, I mean, it literally at this time, at this point, I think the best case for scenario for the Republicans in the House is two twenty one, more likely to be two twenty two nineteen. Yeah, that's that's the by, razor's edge. That is. And so, what do you think happens in terms of leadership there? Because well, that's a they're big supposed to have the vote. They're supposed right to have now. the vote tomorrow, and there's you know Andy Biggs. Is calling and a, and a bunch of Freedom Caucus folks are calling for a delay in the vote because there's you know outstanding yeah there's outstanding uh, members so we'll, well see it as early as last week that our good friend Davis Riker might lose yeah so there's other, he, others just like that and, and the Siskamani um, election that if he wins that'll be a pickup yeah uh, so they're still waiting for some counting in California to get that figured out so but here in Arizona things were not as expected um, from us, at least. Uh, Got to hand it to the Democrats. They they did a very good job of driving their vote in early and mm-hmm. then keeping that momentum. Uh, even the late earlies uh, have largely gone their way. And it's interesting because peop- this is not a blue state. Some people might think it is. Uh, it's definitely purple. But you look, we went from a 5-4 Democrat delegation to a 6-3 Republican delegation. But, but, but I think we said in the closing remarks of our podcast last year, or last week, at least I did, it's, you know, Arizona's not really a conservative state. It's not really a, a super liberal state. It's a, it's a contrarian state. Yeah. It's, you know, the, we have a huge independent voting population here that can go either way. And I think the Trump factor... Went Trump the other went, drove went, towards went Democrats. the other way, yeah. and I, I I texted you over the weekend um, with with an observation I had, and and we've been talking about this on the show for the last couple of weeks. You know, elections are won in the last two weeks; they really are, especially in states like this. And you you don't need to pivot to your base in the last two weeks of the election. Yeah, and if the story is told of of independents watching candidates and and looking at candidates for the first time. And saw Carrie Lake sta- standing on the stage with Charlie Kirk and Steve Bannon. I think that was a turning point for a lot of independents. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. You want to talk about turning point? That was a turning point because, regardless of what you think of them, regardless of how effective they've been in their various careers, if you're an independent, you're looking at, you know, Charlie Kirk is this right wing rabble rouser, and you're looking at Steve Bannon, who just got indicted, mm-hmm. you know, in the federal court. Yeah, I, I think and that she's was up there, mis- and he's, they're up there that with Carrie Lake doing their thing. Versus a Carrie Lake and all those candidates hanging out with law enforcement, hanging out with the fire, with first responders, hanging out with families and small business people. Those are the images you want to be out there in the last two weeks of an election. Yep, agreed. So, how do we break this down? Oh, the other thing that we're talking about the legislature—it's going to end up being thirty-one sixteen again. <laughs> Redistricting was supposed to have this great impact on making Republicans more have more seats. I was wrong. 
And uh, there you go. So it's going to be narrow majorities there with a Democrat governor, uh, with a Democrat secretary of state, yeah. with maybe a Republican AG, uh, Republican treasurer, and probably a Republican superintendent of public instruction. So Democrats took the top two. Yeah. In the state constitutional they can, offices, they can drive policy as much as they can. Yeah, and and so it'll uh, be it'll there'll be, be some gridlock. There's definitely going to be gridlock in Washington. You know, maybe that's not a bad thing. But do you think, regardless of the politics involved and 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 the way the uh, and the way the races were run, do you think anybody got the message of of what voters are frustrated about in terms of inflation? Well, board. we'll have to wait and see because it's clear that independents, as much as they were frustrated with the inflation, they punished candidates who looked backwards. Yeah. They, they were punishing candidates who looked, you know, back to 2020 election, election denial, claims of fraud, election stolen. And they were like, I'm tired of it. Well, it's not a, people, people are aspirational <clears throat> and you yeah. can keep looking towards the past or you can look towards the future and people want to invest in people who are looking towards the future. Right. How are you going to make my future better? Will yeah. my future and my children's future be better than it is today? If you keep looking back at something that happened two years ago, that was two years ago. Two years ago, it was crazy. We well, had and Antifa riots. Every and single independent voter knows there's nothing that's going to change that. Yeah. So what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And our guys, didn't have much to we did not have an aspirational message now the thing that the reason i would argue that kevin mccarthy and his what was it it wasn't a contract it was the commitment to america it was the weak one of the weakest things ever nobody ever saw it. everybody saw it and nobody ever read nobody nobody and nobody cared nobody saw it so uh a couple things just breaking this down a little bit as far as where things are in arizona as we kind of look to the future so this is not a red. This is not a red state. It's not a blue state. It's a purple state. Reason I say that is because the fun, the baseline Republican vote. All you have to do is look at Kimberly Yee, because she didn't run as a Trumpy. She didn't run as an election denier. She just ran a straight Republican message, and she is going to end up winning by more than two hundred and seventy thousand votes. Well, she ran a message of competence. Yeah, when you run a message of competence and understanding, you're going to win. Look at Ron so, DeSantis down in Florida. Yeah, so competence. if you look, I mean, she. So in 2018, keep in mind that was a Democrat year as well. Uh, Governor Ducey was reelected with 57 percent of the vote, 1.3 million votes, and this year Yi got 56 percent of the vote, 1.3 million votes. We have more votes now. Sure. But the interesting thing is, unlike what we had predicted before, turnout will actually end up being just over 2% less than it was in 2018. Really? And that made a difference. Yeah. So not only did you, you have... Think, do you not think o- the... Not only do you have yeah, sorry. Republicans swinging against the election di- deniers and clearly the independents swinging against election deniers, there are enough... People, Repub- and I'm guessing if if we once we break this down and get the total canvases, we can actually see what was the turnout with Democrats versus turnout with Republicans in comparison. My guess is that Republican turnout was less because they just 
didn't feel like they had, there's no motivation. They didn't want to turn out for election deniers. So that 2% would have made a big difference in a number of these races, wouldn't have made a big difference in the Senate race. I think that, you know, Masters was flawed in a variety of ways. I mean, to lose by six, that's pretty rough. Or five, at least. Well, I, he was he was flawed from the beginning by very virtual. I mean, what was what? What Mark Kelly and where is Mark Kelly anyway? Well, he's in the Senate. He's in the Senate for another six years for sure. Um, but what he did a, a good job on on the hundred million that he spent was hammering Blake Masters on things that he said during the campaign trail during the primary that you just don't you, you don't say <laughs> or things that he said earlier in his life. Yeah, you just don't say. So. And you don't run on those things. And it, he made a lot of rookie mistakes. A lot of those candidates made a lot of rookie mistakes, uh, both in the primary and the general, that it's cost them. Mm-hmm. Um, there really was no alliance. Pers- Usually you see a coalescence of the chambers, of some of the more conservative groups like Free Enterprise Club and, and, and Goldwater. There's a coalescence around candidates and ideas and moving policy forward. There was none of that this election. And I think that... that kept people and then the other point i brought up you had republican mayors and other republican candidates openly saying i'm not voting for for these people right i'm voting for the for the democrat because i want these people to go away yeah and that was a big that was probably a larger factor than we thought oh definitely i mean it well the thing it, it was enough of a factor. it was enough yeah these are small factors that add up yeah so it was 2.5 percent exactly lower turnout that's a factor that's a huge factor election denying obviously a factor trump a factor uh not effectively communicating to the middle at the in the general you know had no pivot from lake no pivot from fincham uh the only one that pivoted no, they really kept, they was, kept doing these rallies you know with the base yeah well the base is not going to leave you on this you got to get them to turn out understood but you you really need well to p- and that's the thing is that there was not there wasn't a party operation that was turning out voters the way that it probably well, should. i wonder why yeah, yeah. yeah might have something to do with party leadership yep and and kelly ward yeah i think you think so that's a whole nother podcast yeah well the party definitely needs to do some the party has been broken now the problem for years. is that it won't do introspection because it'll say we just needed to double down. I mean, it. You know, Trump's going to announce tomorrow. Wrong. You know, from everything we understand, uh, I think that DeSantis is well positioned to challenge him, and I think that he could actually have some impact. I, especially if it pretty much stays as a one-on-one race. I mean, there's a poll out of Texas this morning that's got DeSantis up a bunch over trump yeah it's it's still early there's a lot of things that can happen between now and then but the the fact that donald trump is losing his entire noodle over ron DeSantis, who just run won an, an extraordinarily double digit election swept the state is driving the donald up the wall yeah well up, he, up the wall he's been attacking and, DeSantis. And he's attacking youngkin i mean he's attacking just, glenn youngkin which is glenn youngkin hasn't done anything well, he's a threat. He's a threat. Yeah. Because people are talking about him running for president. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I and hope then you people. Had, you had Winsome Sears come out and say that she's not supporting Donald Trump. Right. Right. And almost goading him to, to attack her. Oh. 
which which would be a huge mistake. already all it's, these are mistakes all these are mistakes and 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 turning people off and turning a lot of people off who who have tried to defend trump and and tried to stick up for for the presidency a lot of the good things that did happen but then blew up on on january 6th right. and has continued this downward spiral and i will say we are lunacy. saying that these things are mistakes they're mistakes because they're just not what a typical human should do but <laughs> they're mistake that but they are also potentially mistakes that are not going to be fatal to his election, unfortunately, because he has such a core. It's, it's smaller than it used to be, but it's probably still big enough to get through a bruising primary. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. But the guy defies all kinds of conventional wisdom when it comes to the base. Yeah. It, the fealty to him is just... It's bizarre. Disgusting. It's the cult of personality. It's disgusting. Because as conservatives, we're not supposed to have fealty to a person. We're supposed to have fealty to the principles. Yeah. And so these absolute Trump adorers who claim to be constitutionalists are not. I'll just <laughs> no. say it. They're not. No, it's, it's always been for conservatives, principle over party. Good, good principles produce active and knowledgeable policy, which then you know, creates a better future for our citizens, not people. Yeah. Not fealty to a person. And the tone and in politics. I mean, it, there's so many things. That I mean, so I mean the, re the other right reason now. why DeSantis won like he did is that he, he enacted and pursued policy that is, that, and promoted policy that is popular with voters right and, and he did s stand up to the woke mob you didn't hear a lot about the woke mob here in arizona and it exists you didn't hear a lot about it this election and that could have made i mean some messaging in that regard from the party and others could have made a difference maybe maybe i think maybe the not. messaging but he's but the problem is that the messaging was all they were so focused on election denying and exactly you know, it just other than things that people were focused on in their everyday lives. Nobody cares. Well, they no. care enough to vote against it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they, they did. You know, when they see crazy, oh, my they, they move in the opposite direction. So uh, we will not be back for almost two weeks now. But by the time we yeah. get back, every, all the dust will be settled. We'll have a very narrow majority for the Republicans in the House. We're waiting to see whether the Senate, which the one thing I got right in the last podcast was the Senate was going to be either 50-50 or 51-49 one way or the other. It's going to be 50-50 or 51-49 Democrats way. Um, waiting for Georgia, December 6th. So buckle up and for that. That. Can, that can go any, any which Very way. Very glad I don't live in Georgia right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, there might be a couple surprises. There's maybe a legislator or a Senate candidate that pulls it off. I mean, Nancy Bartos down 2,200 votes. It's, I guess it's, you know, could be possible that she could beat Christine Marsh. I don't know. Scantleberry in the East Valley, maybe. Um, those, you know, but we won't know that for a few more days because those will be close enough that you'll need to wait for the provisionals. You know, what I said last week was oh the provisionals will be make the determination on lake that's not true now um but it could make the difference on the ag's race well here's Who some knows? things that probably will not change 
And that is the disapproval of the president over the next several years. Even today after this election, RCP average has the president at 39% approve, 57% disapprove. And yet we still have these results. And and so the, for the Which president... Which tells you how f- screwed up. Yeah, so for Republican the president to continue to, to go out uh, the day after the election and say, I'm not going to change course, mm-hmm. that's a recipe for disaster. I don't think he makes it through, I mean, his whole term anyway. Maybe not. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens after that. All I know is that there's going to be a bunch of fighting and gridlock in Washington that's probably good Which for the country. Which is great. There's going to be a bunch of fighting and gridlock at the state capitol here because of a Democrat governor or Republican legislature. Probably not the worst thing. And then 2024, I mean, it starts, well, I guess we'll technically say it starts December 7th because that's the day after the Georgia runoff. Yeah. Um, But it's probably going to, I mean, with Trump and others, it could start earlier. It could start tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully not, but it it could. Which, Which really puts... Georgia in a tough, tough spot. Yeah. Well, because, because you want Brian Kemp to, to campaign for Herschel. You want other people to be campaigning for Herschel. And, and if Trump is knee deep in it, they won't. Yeah. And they won't. I mean, it they might shy away. It and doesn't say, you know matter. It, it, we have the house. We can put a check on the Senate. We're done. Yep. Well, we'll see how motivated people are. Cause the, if if Laxalt had pulled it off in Nevada, and this was fifty fifth or forty nine, yeah, what happened 50, there? De- determining whether it was going to be a fifty fifty or a Republican majority, this race would be a lot more intense. But this runoff now, whether it's Democrats at fifty one or Democrats at fifty, less of an issue because with Kamala they have fifty one, so. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how much people care about making this a big push. I'm I'm waiting to see. I mean, I'm sure that some will, but I don't know. Well, so with all things. you know, with all all the focus on McConnell now in the Senate and and him being you know elected as leader or not elected as leader, postponing the vote. Yeah, uh, this, which, this, which some uh, leading Republicans have have called for. Right. The, the the leadership uh, it, the leadership the interparty fights on both the right and the left are going to be fascinating to watch. On the Democrat side, you're going to have the left, hard left, saying, "Oh look, we kept the House, or we we didn't lose the House as bad as we thought we would. We kept the Senate, but they had some big losses. The progressives had some big losses. I mean, Wisconsin was probably the biggest, um, and so." It will be very interesting to see the policy fights within the Republican conference and within the Democrat caucus on both the House and the Senate. And it's just who knows what happens. On the left, as long as Sandy Cortez is there, it's always going to be fun. (laughs) Yeah. AOC. AOC. All right. Former bartender. Well, we'll we'll give you guys a break for... 10 days and then yeah, we'll be back and then we'll to be back assess everything. Maybe we'll have uh, some of these smart people on to talk about what they saw that we did. We should have Kimberly E on. I think that she would be fascinating. Yeah. And, uh, 
and some other folks on. But we are entering the the holiday season. We had Veterans Day this last last Friday, so we want to give a a big salute to all of our veterans. Oh, we have Thanksgiving coming up. And we have Thanksgiving coming up, and we are thankful for this podcast. We're thankful for our listenership. We're thankful for Dave Pratt and Star Worldwide Networks. Yep. I'm thankful for you, Sean. And I'm thankful for you, Chris. And and we're thankful, after all the dust settles, we're thankful to live in a country that, at its core, is based on faith, freedom, and free enterprise. That's right. Nothing will change that. Nothing will change. Thanks, guys. So, Have a good God one. bless. See you.